Chapter 4. Testing the Limits Let's take stock of what we know so far. 1. The basics of an atomic bomb. 2. The origins of the technological breakthrough. 3. The concerns around its use early on. 4. The rationale behind recognizing these concerns and still pushing forward into a state of mutually assured destruction. 5. Finally, how the public reacted and subsequently the state's response. To delve deeper, Chapter 4 will address testing the limits of nuclear weapons technology. Specifically, we will explore the following questions. 1. How did each nation test these new devices? 2. Were the tests conducted in a manner that respected the risks felt by the public? 3. Why did the testing ultimately fizzle out by the close of the 20th century? United States the dawn of atomic testing can be traced back to the Manhattan Project, a top-secret research and development endeavor during World War II that culminated in the creation of the first atomic bombs. Fueled by a desire to end the war and fear that Nazi Germany might develop similar weapons, the United States embarked on a perilous path that would forever change the world. Following the end of World War II, the United States continued to develop and test nuclear weapons, driven by an arms race with the Soviet Union and a desire to maintain a strategic advantage. The U.S. conducted over 1,000 nuclear tests between 1945 and 1992, many of them at the Nevada Test Site and the Pacific Proving Grounds. January 31, 1950. President Harry S. Truman announces the decision to develop the hydrogen bomb. November 1, 1952 the United States conducts its first successful hydrogen bomb test, codenamed IV Mike, at the Ennoetic Atoll in the Marshall Islands. August 5, 1963, the United States, Soviet Union, and the United Kingdom sign the Limited Test Ban Treaty, prohibiting nuclear testing in the atmosphere, underwater, and in outer space. September 23, 1992, the United States conducts its last nuclear test, codenamed Divider, at the Nevada test site. The U.S. nuclear testing program had far-reaching consequences, both domestically and internationally. The tests led to significant advancements in nuclear weapons technology, but they also left a lasting legacy of environmental contamination and health issues for those exposed to radiation. Thousands of people, including military personnel, test site workers, and civilians living downwind of the test sites suffered from radiation exposure and related health problems, such as cancer and birth defects. For example, let us turn our attention to one particularly poignant example where civilians were affected by nuclear testing, the tragic story of the downwinders in the United States. During the 1950s and 1960s, the United States conducted numerous atmospheric nuclear tests at the Nevada test site. Prevailing winds carried radioactive fallout from these tests across vast distances, impacting civilians living downwind of the testing grounds in communities across the American Southwest. These downwinders were exposed to dangerous levels of radiation, unknowingly and often without warning. This exposure to radiation had devastating consequences for the health and well-being of the affected communities. Many of the downwinders developed various forms of cancer, particularly thyroid cancer, 
as well as other radiation-related illnesses. Tragically, numerous families also experienced increased rates of birth defects and miscarriages as a result of the radioactive fallout. The plight of the downwinders became a rallying cry for greater transparency and accountability in the nuclear testing program, as well as for compensation and support for those affected by the fallout. In response, the United States government eventually enacted the Radiation Exposure Compensation Act in 1990, which provided financial compensation to individuals and families who could prove they were harmed by the nuclear tests. In addition to the health concern, U.S. nuclear testing and the arms race with the Soviet Union contributed to global tensions and fears of nuclear war during the Cold War. However, as tests continued, the destructive power and the risks associated with nuclear weapons led to increased efforts to control their proliferation and promote disarmament, culminating in treaties such as the Limited Test Ban Treaty, the Non-Proliferation Treaty, and the Comprehensive Nuclear Test Ban Treaty. This sentiment is captured in a 1961 address to the United Nations General Assembly by President John F. Kennedy. We seek to strengthen the United Nations, to help solve its financial problems, to make it a more effective instrument for peace, to develop it into a genuine world security system, a system capable of resolving disputes on the basis of law, of ensuring the security of the large and the small, and of creating conditions under which arms can finally be abolished. Soviet Union The Soviet Union's journey into the world of nuclear weaponry was ignited by the United States' atomic bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki in 1945. In response, Joseph Stalin launched a secret program to develop their own atomic bomb. Driven by a desire to achieve strategic parity and a fear of falling behind in the nuclear arms race, the Soviet Union embarked on a path that would have profound consequences for decades to come. We will catch up and overtake America, Nikita Khrushchev, first secretary of the Communist Party of the Soviet Union, 1957. Between 1949 and 1990, the Soviet Union conducted over 700 nuclear tests, many of them at the Semipolatinsk test site in present-day Kazakhstan and the Novaya Zemlya archipelago in the Arctic Ocean. These tests aim to develop and refine their arsenal of nuclear weapons. August 29, 1949, the Soviet Union successfully conducts its first atomic bomb test, codenamed First Lightning, or RDS-1, at the Semipalatinsk test site. November 22, 1955, the Soviet Union carries out its first successful hydrogen bomb test, codenamed RDS-37, at the Semipalatinsk test site. October 30, 1961, the Tsar Bomba, the largest nuclear weapon ever detonated, is tested by the Soviet Union at the Novaya Zemlya site. October 24, 1990, the Soviet Union conducts its last nuclear test, codename Kraton-3, at the Novaya Zemlya test site. In regards to health and safety concerns, Let's explore yet another example of civilians affected by nuclear testing in the Soviet Union, the story of the people living near the Semipalatinsk test site, also known as the Polygon. 
Located in present-day Kazakhstan, the Semipalatinsk test site was the primary location for the Soviet Union's nuclear weapons testing program, with more than 450 tests conducted between 1949 and 1989. Many of these tests were carried out above ground or in the atmosphere, releasing large amounts of radioactive fallout that spread across the region. The civilians living in the vicinity of the test site, particularly those in villages and towns downwind of the explosions, were exposed to dangerous levels of radiation. These innocent people, unaware of the true extent of the danger they faced, suffered the consequences of the radioactive fallout in the form of severe health issues. Many of those affected developed various forms of cancer, particularly thyroid cancer, as well as other radiation-related illnesses. Tragically, numerous families experienced developmental disorders and miscarriages as a result of the radioactive contamination. Moreover, the environment surrounding the test site was significantly damaged, with long-lasting effects on the land, water, and wildlife. As awareness of the health and environmental consequences of the Semipalatins test site grew, so too did calls for transparency, accountability, and compensation for the affected communities. In the years following the collapse of the Soviet Union, the newly independent nation of Kazakhstan took steps to address these concerns, including closing the test site in 1991 and working with international organizations to help the affected communities and remediate the contaminated land. United Kingdom The United Kingdom's journey into the realm of nuclear weaponry was driven by a desire to maintain its status as a global power and to develop an independent nuclear deterrent in the face of rising tensions between the United States and the Soviet Union during the early years of the Cold War. The atomic bomb is the most powerful weapon ever produced, and its use by Britain would be entirely defensive. Prime Minister Clement Attlee, in a 1945 address to the House of Commons. Between 1952 and 1991, the United Kingdom conducted a total of 45 nuclear tests, primarily in collaboration with the United States and Australia. These tests took place at various locations, including Montebello Islands and Maralinga in Australia, as well as the Nevada test site in the United States. October 3, 1952. The United Kingdom successfully conducts its first atomic bomb test, codenamed Operation Hurricane, at the Montebello Islands off the coast of Western Australia. November 8, 1957. The United Kingdom carries out its first successful hydrogen bomb test, codenamed Operation Grapple X, at Christmas Island in the Pacific Ocean. March 26, 1963. The United Kingdom, United States, and Soviet Union sign a partial test ban treaty prohibiting atmospheric, underwater, and outer space nuclear tests. November 26, 1991, the United Kingdom conducts its final nuclear test, codenamed Julian, at the Nevada test site in the United States. Similar to the United States and the Soviet Union, the nuclear tests conducted by the United Kingdom led to radiation exposure and related health problems for military personnel, test site workers, and civilians living near the test sites, particularly in Australia. Located in the remote South Australian outback, Maralinga was the site of seven British nuclear tests between 1956 and 1957, 
known collectively as Operation Buffalo and Operation Antler. In addition to these tests, a series of minor trials were conducted between 1953 and 1963, which involved the dispersal of radioactive materials. The indigenous populations and local communities living in the vicinity of the Maralinga test site were profoundly affected by these nuclear tests. Radioactive fallout contaminated the land, water, and air, posing significant health risks to those who were exposed. Many of the indigenous people in the area, including the Inagu Pitjantjara and Yankujara peoples, were forcibly removed from their ancestral lands in the lead-up to the tests. However, some remained in the area or returned prematurely, unaware of the dangers posed by the residual radiation. The long-term health consequences for the affected communities were severe, with increased rates of cancer, respiratory illness, and other radiation-related diseases. The environmental impact was also devastating, with large swaths of land rendered uninhabitable and vital resources, such as water resources, contaminated for generations. In the years following the nuclear tests, the Australian government and the British government faced mounting pressure to address the health and environmental consequences of the Maralinga tests. A series of investigations, including the 1984 to 1985 Royal Commission into British nuclear tests in Australia, eventually led to the Australian government receiving financial compensation from the United Kingdom for the cleanup and rehabilitation of the Maralinga test site. It is worth noting that the decision of the Australian government to allow nuclear testing on its soil is a complex tale, shaped by a myriad of political, strategic, and economic factors. In the early 1950s, the United Kingdom was actively searching for suitable locations to conduct its nuclear tests. The British government approached its close ally, Australia, with a request to use its vast remote territories for this purpose. Australia, led by Prime Minister Robert Menzies, agreed to the British request, and thus began a partnership that would last for over a decade. Several key factors influenced the Australian government's decision to permit British nuclear testing. Political and Strategic Alliance Australia shared a strong bond with the United Kingdom, dating back to their colonial past and common membership in the British Commonwealth. As an ally of the United Kingdom and the United States during the Cold War, Australia saw the development of a British nuclear deterrent as an essential counterbalance to the perceived Soviet threat. By facilitating British nuclear tests, Australia sought to strengthen its alliance and ensure its own security. Economic Considerations The Australian government hoped that its support for British nuclear testing would result in economic benefits, such as increased trade and investment from the United Kingdom, as well as access to advanced technologies and scientific expertise. The tests also provided employment opportunities for Australians in the remote areas where the tests were conducted. National Prestige At the time, the development of nuclear weapons was seen as an indicator of a nation's scientific prowess and global standing. By hosting British nuclear tests, the Australian government sought to elevate its international profile and demonstrate its commitment to the Western alliance. However, as the devastating consequences of nuclear testing on the environment and public health became more apparent over time, public opinion in Australia began to shift. 
Growing concerns about the impact of nuclear testing on indigenous communities, the environment, and Australia's international reputation led to increased scrutiny and ultimately the end of British nuclear testing in the country. In retrospect, the Australian government's decision to allow nuclear testing on its soil was a product of the political, strategic, and economic imperatives of the time. The unfolding story of this decision and its repercussions serves as a sobering reminder of the complex interplay between national interests and global responsibilities that shaped the nuclear era. The United Kingdom's pursuit of an independent nuclear deterrent also contributed to global tensions and the arms race during the Cold War. However, as a member of the NATO alliance, the UK's nuclear arsenal also served to strengthen the collective security of the West against potential Soviet aggression. The risks associated with nuclear weapons led to increased efforts to control their proliferation and promote disarmament with the United Kingdom playing an active role in the negotiation of treaties such as the Partial Test Ban Treaty, the Non-Proliferation Treaty, and the Comprehensive Nuclear Test Ban Treaty. We must learn to live together as brothers, or we will perish together as fools. Prime Minister Harold Macmillan, in a 1960 speech to the United Nations General Assembly, it is clear that British nuclear testing featured a complex interplay of power, security, and responsibility, a nation trying to preserve its prestige, but also its relevance and sovereignty, while at the same time doing so at the expense of former colonies. France The impetus for France's nuclear testing program stemmed from a desire to assert its status as an independent global power and to develop a nuclear deterrent, or force de frappe, in response to the escalating tensions of the Cold War. France cannot be France without greatness. President Charles de Gaulle articulating his vision for a strong and independent France. Between 1960 and 1996, France conducted a total of 210 nuclear tests, primarily at its test site in Algeria and French Polynesia. February 13, 1960. France successfully conducts its first atomic bomb test, codename Gerbois Blue, in the Algerian Sahara. June 17, 1967. France carries out its first thermonuclear bomb test, codename Canopus, in French Polynesia. 1974. France moves all nuclear testing underground, following international pressure and the signing of the Partial Test Ban Treaty. January 27, 1996, France conducts its final nuclear test, codename Zuthos, at the Mororoa Atoll in French Polynesia. Similar to other nuclear powers, France's nuclear tests led to radiation exposure and related health problems for military personnel, test site workers, and civilians living near the test sites particularly in Algeria and French Polynesia. The environmental impact was also significant, with lasting effects on the land, water, and wildlife in the affected areas. Let us now delve into a specific example of civilians affected by French nuclear testing, the story of the Tahitian population and local communities near the Mororoa and Fangataufa atolls in French Polynesia. The Mororoa and Fangataufa atolls, situated in the South Pacific, 
were the primary locations for French nuclear tests from 1966 to 1996. Over this period, France conducted 193 nuclear tests in the region, both atmospheric and underground. The Tahitian population and local communities living in the vicinity of the test sites were exposed to radioactive fallout from the nuclear tests, especially during the period of atmospheric testing between 1966 and 1974. The radioactive contamination affected the land, water, and marine life, posing serious health risks to those who were exposed. Many inhabitants of the affected areas reported an increase in cancer cases, particularly thyroid cancer and other radiation-related illnesses. Additionally, the environmental impact of the French nuclear tests was severe. The detonations caused extensive damage to the coral reefs surrounding the atolls, which led to long-lasting consequences for the local ecosystem and the livelihoods of the people who depended on fishing and other marine resources. In the years following the nuclear tests, the French government faced increasing pressure from the affected communities, international organizations, and other governments to address the health and environmental consequences of its actions in French Polynesia. In response, France provided some compensation to the victims and initiated efforts to monitor and remediate the contaminated sites. However, many in French Polynesia continue to demand greater transparency, accountability, and compensation for the long-term effects of the nuclear tests. France's pursuit of an independent nuclear deterrent contributed to global tensions and the arms race during the Cold War. However, as a founding member of the European Union and a key player in NATO, France's nuclear arsenal also played a role in maintaining the balance of power and promoting collective security against potential adversaries. The risks associated with nuclear weapons led to increased efforts to control their proliferation and promote disarmament, with France playing an active role in the negotiation of treaties such as the Partial Test Ban Treaty, the Non-Proliferation Treaty, and the Comprehensive Nuclear Test Ban Treaty.